Hi folks, welcome to A Different Direction. We cover stories of the strange, document the weird, stuff like that. I'm Dave. I'm Diana. And today we're talking about The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr., Episode 5, Socrates' Sister. If you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so by tweeting at us at DiffDirectionPod on Twitter, or you can email With us- With one F, right? With one F, yes. Or you can email us at differentdirection at tgifarcade.com. Before we start the episode, we do have a message from the Freaks on the Message Board. Okay. Chris, who's Table Flips You on Twitter from the Flips the Table podcast, messaged me to say uh, uh, he just finished listening to the episode on No Man's Land and said, uh, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman is my go-to staple of the psychological phenomenon of repeated exposure to something leading to a preference for said thing. One summer, when I was home from college, my parents had gotten rid of cable and only had the local channels. My dad watched Dr. Quinn religiously every day, and I often didn't have other places to be, so I watched with him. At the beginning of the summer, I hated it. I never liked TV dramas when I was younger, and this was certainly that. But by the time school was starting again, I found myself at 3 o'clock every day saying, I wonder what Horace and Orson Bean are up to today. Amazing. Amazing. Especially the names Horace and Orson Bean. Good names. I'm changing my name. <laughs> to that whole thing, Horace yeah. and Orson Bean. No, it's going to be Horace Bean. Nice, nice. Horace or Orson Bean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he... That's hard he to say. It, 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 the way you wrote it, it occurs to me, I don't know if there's a Horace and an Orson Bean, or if it's Horace Bean and Orson Bean. Oh... I don't know. I didn't look it up. I could see it either way. The bean, assume... bean, bean, uh, siblings. Bean fam. Mm-hmm. I assume it's the bean fam, but who knows? I mean, probably lots of people know. That show was on the air for a while. Lots of people watched it. Dr. Quinn knows. Dr. Quinn knows, yes. Cool. And we'll take those secrets <laughs> to the grave. <laughs> possibly um so i also have a couple of facts before we actually get into talking about this episode specifically first of all the sun is a yellow <laughs> i don't know real facts um what not true i mean it has complicated pluto's a planet definitely not true wow all my dreams are dashed about about the above world. <laughs> Anyways, I I definitely picked those facts because I knew that you would not be able to hold it in. <laughs> That's true. I know. That's true. <laughs> okay, so some real actual facts about Briscoe County. Yes. So, speaking of the episode No Man's Land, those two... Uh, this is something I meant to mention before. Those The two, like, German bodybuilder... Women, mm-hmm. or blacksmith women, were, mm-hmm. are, are, they're not German. They're American, the actors. Okay. They're sisters who are bodybuilders. They're American. Definitely knew that they had to be bodybuilders. Right. But they didn't know that they were actually sisters. So they are actually sisters. They look like sisters. Yeah. But- also, that that's always fun, right? When you get a sibling involved in the... Mm-hmm. activity you're in mm-hmm. i love when like siblings have a band <laughs> anyways and it always goes very well and they always get along 
And it's great. I'm not talking about like. <laughs> I was like, what's something in that group? You know, Wonderwall. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, Wonderwall, the band. Yeah, the band Wonderwall. Um, also, remember we couldn't figure out what Guns and Hutter was a reference to? Yeah. It's Guns and Butter is a is a economics concept. It's basically the idea that a government governments have like a certain amount of they make a certain amount of money in a year they have you know gross domestic product is what it's called and there's a certain percentage of it that they that a country will either invest in the military or in like food and taking care of the people Uh and you can't if you spend too much on one you can't whatever you're spending on one you can't spend on the other so you're either spending it on guns or butter Oh. So this was uh, economics. Yeah, reference. I mean, it was a joke. It, it was a pun on the on the term guns and guns and butter. It was because it was Pete Hutter. So it was guns and Hutter. Okay, but I'm so saying you know that yes. Yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that like a well known thing? I don't know about. Like, like, I'm it, not on Yahoo Finance. So I mean, I actually found. It's funny when I was searching for it, I actually found. <laughs> <laughs> I completely missed that. <laughs> I was just like, he's not going to say anything. I got to keep it together. And I couldn't. You are so not keeping it together. I was watching, like, your, it was like you had bitten into a lemon the way your face was just, like, squeezing up, like, as you tried to hold it together. It was so funny. I was like, why is she, ma- oh, my God. I missed it completely. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So the funny thing is, if you just search for that phrase, it's more frequently what will what you what will come up is quotes from the movie Baby Boy with Tyrese, where there's a reference to that, like he uses that as a that uh, that phrase, mm-hmm. but it has nothing. To, it's not the the economics thing, and so it was like there's no way. This movie came out after that. Why why is this what's coming up? Like I was getting video clips and all these things from from movie Baby Boy and I'm like I... Okay, this <laughs> no one knows this show. <laughs> yes. Much but, like I don't know Baby Baby Boy. Right. With Tyrese and maybe I should know. It's a huge Google hit. Yeah. If you search for Guns and Butter so did they say that phrase in the? Yeah, there's a, it there's must a have been a memorable like, part. Guns and butter, baby. It was like that's what, how he said, it, like a thing, and like that's a that was a thing, and I'm like, all right, cool. I I still don't know what this means. Like I had to. No, we had to watch the whole movie. <laughs> anyway, so then I have one last thing that's actually referenced to this episode, which is that Socrates' sister was actually supposed to be episode two, and it got delayed. Stuff kept delaying it, and it resulted in being episode five. Every other episode came out in the order that it was intended to be, but this one in particular was originally supposed to be episode two. What was actually episode two? That was the Orb Scholar, which was supposed to be episode three. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Which is... Weird, and I think when we get into once we go into the plot and everything, there's stuff 
weird things to talk about. I don't think anyone would have kept watching this show if they showed this as the second episode (laughs) after. Okay. I'm just going to say I know why the show got canceled. (laughs) Dave and I are going to butt heads on this episode just like Comet. No, we're not. I don't like this episode. Let's just put it out there right now. I don't like this episode. Well, okay. Not liking it in the context of the other episodes. Which Mm -hmm. one have we liked? No Man's Land. Definitely like No Man's Land. We like anything with Pete. Anything with Pete. Though I do like the Orb Scholar. I think that was good. Yeah. I think the Orb Scholar was a way better second episode Mm -hmm. because it, it was very, like, powerful. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot. The, like, there's a lot of good stuff in the Because it had John Bly in it, and, like, yeah, it, John it made more sense. Mm-hmm. Why would they do this thing about Socrates' sister as a second thing, just to, just to come back? I don't know. Okay, so um, maybe she comes back, and they want to introduce her earlier. Maybe. But also, I don't... Who cares? Like, yeah. I thought she was going to be, like... A cool, like, like a sassy, like, lawyer who's, like, all business and not mm-hmm. a disappointing. Yeah. Okay, anyways, we'll so you, need, you need to, like, get into it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So let me uh, real quick go through my, uh, my, my facts about the episode. So we, uh, the writer on this one, Chris Ruppenthal, who, kind of glad to say, only wrote one episode of this show. He did write uh, also an episode of Max Headroom, nine Quantum Leaps, a couple of that, couple of X Files episodes, uh, and then like nothing after two thousand, except in two thousand six, one episode of the the TV series Blade. Like, I don't entirely understand how, like we've mentioned before, we don't know how TV writing works, but I always find it weird when you see, uh, uh like credits like that where somebody's writing like semi-regularly mm-hmm. for years and then just doesn't and then writes one episode after six years of not seeming to work on maybe anything. they were doing different things or maybe they were uncredited i want to say that hollywood 100 percent runs an uncredited actors and oh, mm-hmm. staff that sure, yeah don't you know they don't get their they don't get to be a best grip grip boy or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i suppose maybe he's just sort of he might have been in like a writer's room but not had it writer's credits did he do other things like did no i'm saying like he doesn't have a credit from two of anything from 2000 to 2006 yeah but don't they do writing production directing all separate i'm saying he doesn't have i didn't see any credits well in that time. I don't know about the X-Files episodes this person wrote. <laughs> mm-hmm. But there could be some clues. He wrote a season two one about vampire. Which is not the one I think of when I think of the one about vampires. You think of the one with the magic fingers. Yes. Yeah, um, I don't even remember a season two episode about a vampire. Yeah. Um. Anyway, uh, also... There is, um, the director is Greg Beeman, who directed three episodes of The Wonder Years, uh, one episode of Erie, Indiana, and a whole bunch of, like, DC, like, hero, like, TV show 
episodes. Cool. Like Supergirl and the Flash and Swamp Thing and all that kind of stuff. Wait, there was a Swamp Thing show? Yeah. Is it still on? I think so. I want to watch that. <laughs> I don't know anything about the Swamp Thing. About the Swamp Thing. A Swamp Thing? The Swamp, swamp thing. thing. Just Swamp Thing. Are they a superhero? Or a yes. monster? Or a cryptid? Yes. <laughs> so, I, the... The confused, like a... confused face <laughs> is happening. Yeah, I I don't entirely know. I I'm pretty sure there was like a a old movie where Swamp Thing was like a monster, but I think in DC, like then it's I think he had a, a creature hero? of the Black Lagoon. I'm not thinking of the creature of the Black Lagoon. I'm thinking of there was a Swamp Thing movie, and I always thought it was a monster, but maybe it's a maybe it was like one of those bad like. Like like those uh, Japanese Spider-Man things. Oh. I don't know what that is. Oh. But okay, I'm imagining what happened if it's like a James Bond movie and he's like, thing, swamp thing. <laughs> Very dapper, like suit. Yeah. Still just drippy. Drippy grass, like all over. Yeah, them. and yeah. then it's like drinking a martini and <laughs> at the casino and then- But dripping into definitely it. Definitely would be good at- Yes, would be dripping into the martini, <laughs> but also would be really good at ski, like skiing, not skiing on snow, skiing on water, water, water skis, skis. <laughs> um, because it's Swamp Thing mm -hmm. and would have a lot of water-based adventures. Mm -hmm. Also is- sand boats. Yes, is mm -hmm. Aquaman DC. Yes. And Swamp Thing is DC. Yes. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> the meeting of the aquas. <laughs> Yep. Barbie girl starts playing. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. Anyway, um, do we have any content warnings for this one? Yeah, this episode sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, for those of you who followed us from our Fraser podcast, Diana asked if the Carlos and the Chicken guys wrote this and like... <laughs> Kind of feels like the Carlos and the Chicken guys wrote this. I just like, think that this is very sexist and strange. Yeah. This, even though it came out in 1994, if this episode had some Austin Powers references in it, <laughs> what? it would have made sense. I'd have been like, yeah, of course they did. Wait, did Carlos and the Chicken write Road Warrior? The thing we always mention. Okay, that might be the best Carlos and the Chicken episode, though. Yeah, except it's bad. It's it's a bad episode. No, but it's good. It's a memorable episode. It's memorable. So is Carlos and the Chicken. It doesn't mean it's good. No, anyway. I would never remember Carlos and the Chicken. We're talking about it right now. Anyway, let's try. We'll spoil this and let's try and. Uh, it's already spoiled, but let's spoil it in a different way and uh, uh, try and give a recap of what happened. Do you want to, or do you want me to try? Ah. Uh, do you want to try and give an objective recap of the actual plot? Or would you like me to try? I mean, I think the objective is, like, it's just, like, the plates from the mint got stolen, so people are, you know, doing the fake cash, fake, uh -huh. fake 
minting their own money, like monopolies out there, putting the monopoly money out there, but they only have one side of the plate, which is trying to like pass off as real money, even though it's only printed on one side. And so the whole, they go and arrest this person who is Jack Randolph, who they know who is the person that did it, but he's like, it's the wrong Jack Randolph. Mm -hmm. But that 100% is not true. Easy to tell. He's saying it is. He's the dad from Boy Meets World. He can't be all bad, right? Um, he's very bad. Yeah, he is. Yeah. And then, I don't know, Lord Bowler's here, just doing some goofs. Um, I don't know, Socrates is on a solo mission. Uh, the professor shows up, you know, Wick Wire, the professor, and is with another, like, um, science experiment that mm-hmm. he's trying to get funding for. Mm-hmm. And... That becomes relevant, untested. Which the, is the diving suit. Mm-hmm. And then oh, is this a collaborative effort this time? Oh, um, trying to help. Because oh. that's important. Yeah, because I guess Jack Randolph threw I, whole name or nothing. Jack Randolph threw the plate, the second half of the plate, in like a lake. Mm-hmm. And then they have to use the diving suit that has never been tested. Mm-hmm. They steal it and get the like professor to help to go put him in the water to get the... This is not going to work. Mm-hmm. This show falls apart if you have cell phones. <laughs> well, yes. But I say that and then who knows? Weird stuff happens now still. Um, you know, people diving for mints. Mint dive challenge. <laughs> uh, I don't even remember what else happens. I mean, the sister is here, but it's actually not about the sister, strangely. Okay. Don't you think? It's not really about her. I mean, in a lot of ways it is. No, it's I... not. It's like, what? I feel like Socrates doesn't like his sister, but there's no real reason why he shouldn't like her other than they're related. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't have anything, but I don't have anything to add to this bio that is going to help anyone. <laughs> okay. I feel like I should try it. You should this. definitely try it. Okay. Just take the next 20 minutes, get really into it. Nope. I'm going to try and still do it in the three minutes. You start off. Frisco and Lord Bowler chasing the guy down. They're both going after the same bounty. Um, uh, Briscoe manages to catch him right before uh, he rides into a lake where they expected the town of Gravesend to be. Uh, but that got uh, it, it got flooded by a dam, and so now it's just a lake now. Uh, they bring Jack Randolph in, and he says he's just some guy named Jack Randolph. He's not the one that they're looking for. Um, and uh, to prove it, he's uh, he's calling in a lawyer. The lawyer happens to be uh, Socrates' is Socrates's sister, uh, Iphigenia, uh, and so she's planning on trying to uh, find somebody who can prove that this isn't the real Jack Randolph. He's just a guy who lived near there. He lived in Gravesend. So it's hard to find somebody that can prove it, but that's that's the plan. Is to find somebody that will do that. 
Um, it becomes clear pretty early on that uh, she's kind of falling for Jack Randolph and uh, because of letters that he wrote to her apparently extremely quickly. And it was a very fast scheme to, you know, get her to fall in love with him or not because he's definitely not a bad guy, except he is. Um, also, Professor Rickwire is trying to raise money uh, for testing for his new deep-sea diving suit. Um, and it doesn't, he doesn't get a lot of attention, but he does manage to get into the newspaper. Um, then, uh, he, so then Jack, so then Euphigenia decides, uh, to help Jack briefly break out of prison because he says, uh, he does know somebody who will be able to, uh, who will testify for him, uh, except he has to talk to her in person. Um, so she puts sleeping powder in a cake that the, the guards assume have a file in it, and when it doesn't have one, they just eat it and they all fall asleep, and then they, they break out of the prison and run off, and Briscoe and Lord Bowler decide to go after him. Um, Lord Bowler going in, and up, in the wrong direction because Briscoe tricks him. Socrates also... Bees. <laughs> yeah, sends him. Briscoe sends him towards some bees. Um, Socrates also wants to go after her because he doesn't think the two of them are going to care about um, are going to care about her safety. Uh, they get to where they think the hideout's going to be. Uh, it turns out someone's there. It's Pete. Pete's there. He's the accomplice because uh, oh, the thing that they did is they had stolen, as Diana mentioned, uh, the plates to make counterfeit money, except. Uh, Jack had one half and Pete had the other half. Without the both, you can't do anything. Uh, but it seems Pete was trying to pass off some counterfeit uh, bills. Back or front, baby. <laughs> that were only. Wait, that sounds bad. Yep. I I was thinking about the conversation they would have about who gets the sides of the print mm-hmm. print thing. I'm oh, sorry. Anyway, this is way longer than three minutes, but it's you're not. almost done. It's not. Um. Anyway, so they catch up to him. Um. Pete, uh, Jack and Pete uh, managed to trick um, Iphigenia and uh, and Briscoe and get them tied up. And then they they also have found out about the diving suit and they're going to go get it. And the reason they need to go get it is because uh, the, the plates were hidden in Gravesend before it got flooded. So they just need to go down there and get it. And so they're going to use the untested suit to get it. So they kidnap the professor, bring him out there to go get the thing. Briscoe uh, goes out there, and so does Lord Bowler. Uh, there ends up being a whole big fight between uh, uh, Pete and the professor on a raft, and Briscoe and uh, um, Jack under the water, uh, and Jack dies. And... Does he die? Yeah. He uh during the fight, Briscoe gets a hold of the 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 plate, smashes the helmet, and then smashes like a glass in the helmet and it fills up with water. And when they go up to the raft, they try and pull him up, but they can't because there's too much weight on the rope and it breaks. Uh and he dies. Uh Okay. Not to mention losing an expensive prototype. That the professor's working on. Yep. 
but just more sort of like wah, wah, sort of moment that nobody really cares about. Wah, wah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, well, he didn't necessarily lose it. It's just filled with a corpse now. Just got a corpse in it. Okay. Um, and then I'm pe- okay, but I have a pitch. Okay. All right. A video game set in water, mm-hmm. and it's like pixel graphics, and you're in a cool diving suit, but you're a skeleton or a zombie <laughs> as the main character, mm-hmm. like fighting for your humanity. Uh huh. Maybe it's like Dark Souls. Okay. I like it. So what if you your one hand is like a drill? Uh-huh. You're always in your diving suit, even when you aren't in the water. And you're a daddy. <laughs> hey, daddy's here. That's the tagline for the... <laughs> I'm sure there is absolutely at least some fan art, some Bioshock fan art, with daddy's here. Yep. Like that. Anyway. Is there anyone in the suit? It's not... Yeah. Who? In Bioshock 2, you actually play I know. that. I played Bioshock 2. I know. That's what I thought. So, but yeah. you don't ever see a person in those. They're not people. You don't see. All, all they are are a suit. No. There are people. You don't see them, but they're, 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 and they're like kind of, I don't know, genetically or chemically like altered or whatever. So they, they're just bonded. They're not like. Fully like human sentient, mm-hmm. but they're a biological person. Got it. Okay. Anyway, so that's the majority of it. That and I guess Iffy always f- is real. Is a real emotionally a real sap and just falls for men. Hello. It is. It, how is that not the same name as Mrs. Doubtfire? Because Mrs. Doubtfire is Euphigenia. Oh, but there's. It's funny because I thought they're both called Iffy. They say Iffy. Do they? Who says Iffy in in Mrs. Doubtfire? I thought somebody does. What's the name of the woman that is the like? serve like the checks on her in the home and she has to does the cake on the face oh oh that is the whole i don't hello. remember her name and i was like is she effie i don't remember i think that mrs Dalfer refers to herself as iffy maybe i i i don't know that's i have a memory of that if mm-hmm. that is correct I do not know. I haven't seen Mrs. Doubtfire in a really long time, despite Mm -hmm. loving Mrs. Doubtfire. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. It's just like a sense. It's like a gut instinct that seems familiar, but it could be wrong. Yeah. I'm because I looked that up and I, but I could have gotten, I could have looked it up in a weird way. And and it's entirely possible she does call herself that. Yeah. And I just don't remember. Like, I'm not denying that that. Yeah. No, I think you're right on the name. You looked it up. I'm just saying I thought they had the same nickname. I, I don't remember that. Okay. This is not. I'm not disagreeing. This is not important. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, it is important. You hear a name like Iphigenia. And if like there, you don't hear that a lot. It's like Greek classics and 
maybe Mrs. Doubtfire. Like, that's not, like, that's a real close name for it to not be the same. So, it could be. I don't know. But, regardless. Um, what do we want to talk about uh, uh, with the actual episode? So, uh, first I'm going to say, it's it, I, it, I don't like, I, re- I just really don't like this portrayal of uh, Socrates' sister. It's It feels real sexist. I just don't understand the motivation of this. Yeah. I don't understand why, like, I get it, you know. Um, you know, maybe she, she, she wants to have a good time. Mm-hmm. And I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. But that's not what it feels like. It's just yeah. like, it feels like a 14-year-old girl mm-hmm. that is like, has crushes on everyone they meet if they say hello to them. Yeah. And I just don't think that this Jack's portrayal of, why would she fall for this? Yeah. It's just so obvious. I wrote it down. I actually wrote down, Jack's tricking her, yeah, and I really hope she doesn't fall for it. And mm-hmm. then that was like eight minutes into the episode, and then like five minutes later, it's revealed, and I'm like, well, at least to reveal it really quickly. But it's yeah. disappointing. Yeah, and it's weird because it's like you even mentioned, it's not like there were a lot of women who were lawyers in the 1800s. There were yeah. some, but not a lot. And to be like, here's a woman who's a lawyer in the 1800s. Also, she's kind of an idiot, which is pretty much how she's portrayed. Like, easily manipulated. Um, she's an expert swim swimmer. Yeah. She's great at swimming. She, she goes right on out there. Yeah, she's a great swimmer. She saves Lord Bowler. I hate that everyone's like, it's just Lord Bowler, don't save him. <laughs> and I'm like, why not? He's the best part of the show. <laughs> I think that Briscoe County is fine, mm-hmm. but he doesn't care about anyone else. Hey, when doesn't he have real feelings that aren't for Connor? Look, last the last episode, Socrates had was like had to remind him that like your job is not to help the revolutionaries. Your job is to get these guns back because he was very clearly going to like. A, like he had met those revolutionaries for like thirty seconds, and he was like, "Obviously, I gotta get." Have you seen them. how adorable that log baby was? <laughs> I'd do anything for that log baby. I'm saying I feel like also the- if Jack Randolph was as one ounce as charismatic as um that character, the revolutionary character, mm-hmm. I would get it. Yeah. He's he's really But that not. person's actually nice and cares about people. Right. The whole deal is that he cares about people. Yes. And Jack doesn't care about people and is not even good at faking caring about people. Right. Like Briscoe cares about people, but why? Yeah, he I mean he cares about people. He and also does, I like, thought yeah. that he went to school to become a lawyer and didn't, so thus would know why aren't they talking about lawyering stuff? Yeah, it it really this okay. So one of the things that when I was kind of going through the the 
Bruce Campbell's autobiography. Yeah. One of the things that he talked about is like the moment ratings started to lag at all, everybody in any way connected with the show had notes. Mm-hmm. It needs to be more funny. It needs more action. It needs more romance. It needs more of this. And this, even though this is only the fifth episode and was supposed to be the second episode, this feels like a show, an episode that got too many notes and yes. just ended up not working at all. The thing is that you need to have an idea of what your show is. Yeah. And it's not to say there can't be an evolve, mm-hmm. like it can't evolve. Right. But you can't do all of those things mm-hmm. and expect the episode to stay together because then you're just doing little tiny vignettes right? and not a cohesive story. Right. And I actually think that is a problem with the last episode too. Mm-hmm. This one more so because yeah. at least they had like one, they were all in Mexico. Yeah. It was more like tied together. This mm-hmm. one has, okay, Socrates has never r- ridden a horse before and is now on a wagon to save his sister who he just said he hated mm-hmm. and then is like, yes, I just need a small wagon for just traveling light. Yeah. Why do you need all of these things? I know it's a joke. I know. It is. But it's also a bad joke. Okay. This is, th- th- there's this running gag throughout the episode and it's terrible. It's a terrible joke. Like it's not, it's not funny once. And they repeat it three times because, like, not only maybe like, we're just too, um, maybe our humor is just too evolved <laughs> for this show. Anyone who's ever listened to our podcast knows that that is not the case. I know we just uh, didn't think this was funny. It just didn't land with us. It, I don't think it landed because it's just like no, it did land. Like, he like passed out too much weight. Yeah, it's literally like they have him multiple times have some sort of riding, traveling disaster because there's too much weight. It happens to him three times. Also that when the rope breaks to make Jack Randolph drown, they can say for a fourth time, too much weight. Ha ha. A man died. I don't like (laughs) how... It doesn't matter. He's a bad guy. And when a bad guy dies, no one has any feelings about it. He's just a nobody. He's a nobody bad guy. Mm-hmm. Isn't that what that Billie Eilish song is about? I don't. I don't know. It's I'm not. pretty sure no. Um, so. I like that you were like, I'm pretty sure no. Wait, look, I don't know the lyrics to that song well enough. Maybe that is what that song's about. Yes, it's about Briscoe County Jr. <laughs> I wasn't saying that. I was saying the thing about how like people don't care if like a bad guy dies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Could be. I don't think it is. I don't know the words well enough to say for sure. You're right. You're not good at improv. <laughs> what? I'm playing along. Anyway, I... But like you agree, this joke just doesn't work. Right? No. Like, I don't think this is, it's not I do our like, humor. I think it's that it's not funny. I do like when they roll up that that he's in that town and those t- two men are just, like, watching him, like, fall mm-hmm. over, essentially. Yeah. And they're like, too much weight. 
Um, but that town is the one with all the like trinkets and treasures over there in Red Dead Two. It's true. I'm sorry. It, it, this whole podcast We're... is just about Red Dead Redemption. And I'm not going to apologize no. for it. No, except for just then. And I will apologize fifty right. more times. Be ready. Yeah. So here's okay. You know what? Here's how you're going to know that I really wasn't into this episode. Yeah. I wasn't even that into Pete. Pete had the best lines. Though. Pete had the best lines. But you didn't. Did you write any Pete lines down? Um, I'm sure I did. Yes, I definitely did. But like, not a lot. I also thought when we find out there's a secret accomplice, I thought that the sister might be the secret accomplice at first. Mm-hmm. And then I thought it's going to be Dixie Cousins. Mm-hmm. And then. I knew it was Pete because we went into that cave. Yeah. And I was like, that's Pete's belt. Oh, the best part in this whole episode is when they get Pete's piece. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You even said something. You're like, <gasps> yeah. Attention, <laughs> Pete's piece. Yeah. And that was relevant, and they brought that back. Mm-hmm. So I do like that. Yeah. The professor takes Pete's piece. The professor, and because you know Briscoe took Pete's piece protecting the professor, and then the professor's the one that takes it and throws oh, it. Oh yeah, the lake. oh yeah, because he's the one. Oh no, Briscoe's the one that messed with his piece, right? Right to protect the professor in the, in, in but the, in, the, in the, first, the pilot, yeah, 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 yeah. In the pilot, he's gonna shoot the professor, and then Briscoe takes the gun. I just takes wish, the piece, but then the professor takes it and throws it in the lake. A lake that they needed a special suit to go to the bottom of. But Pete just goes swimming for it. He's like, I'm getting my gun. I'm getting my piece. But Pete has been orbed. <laughs> Probably. So, okay, here's the thing I wanted to talk about related to Pete. Yes. So. You're allowed to get married. It's fine. This was supposed to be the second episode, right? Yeah. But Briscoe doesn't know Pete's alive in the fourth episode. They must change the script. They must have had to like completely rewrite it the way it was pushed back because like Oh, I guess the reveal of it being Pete then would have been the reveal of Pete still being alive. Right. In this episode. Yeah. So they must have rewritten that. Yeah. And they would have yeah, they would have had to completely redo that because obviously it would have been surprising in this episode. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it works better in the other way around. I do too. That was I think. So whatever the changes they made worked out. Yeah, it would have been better. Like it's absolutely better that Pete didn't show up again for a few episodes. I think that instead of having Jack Randolph in this at all, um, mm-hmm. and no disrespect to the dad of Boy Meets World, <laughs> I saw this. I saw this actor, and I was like, Dave. Who is this person? <laughs> and in my head, I'm just like, he's a dad. He's a dad. He's a dad on something. What is he a dad on? Um, yep. But if we got rid of the dad and just had the sister being the criminal, I've been way more interested. Yes. Yeah. Or like if, if it was it, all her plan. Yeah. Like Jack's the one being uh, being manipulated. Oh yeah, that would have been. There's lots of different that, ways. That would that would if you're gonna. I guess if you're gonna do that, that's Dixie Cousins. 
Yeah. That's the old Dixie Cousins. That's, but the, okay, this is a Dixie weird. Cousins. This is the strange thing is that Dixie Cousins seems really smart and mm-hmm. sexy, mm-hmm. and they what it because it's Socrates' sister, like. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't, I don't I, really I know. They grew up awkward together. I don't know. Yeah. Everyone was awkward. It was the eighteen hundreds. And look, if there, there's, if you're gonna write this character like this, and then get this actress who played April O'Neil in the Ninja Turtles movie, at least let her do her like weird squealing that she does when she first sees Splinter. Like that's the most memorable thing to me. Is like. I was like, how do you make that sound? That's a real high pitched sound. She starts squealing. There's a there's a scene in the original Um <laughs> Yeah. I just got there yeah, there's just I don't know. To me that's a very memorable moment in that movie when she first gets she first wakes up in the turtle's lair and starts squealing but meanwhile the music's all like doom, 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 doom. it's like this very strange sort of like upbeat sort of music while she's like freaking out and I, I just it the sound of it really stuck with me I have a feeling that the Ninja Turtles movie might be sexist as well a lot less than this is Casey Jones is kind of sexist, and he gets called out for it by April O'Neil. The show, the movie doesn't, isn't sexist about her. People are, and she calls them out for it. Hmm. Yeah, okay. She and she pretty- didn't wear, like, a yellow jumpsuit. No. Um. This show, the, the writing of this, the writing of this character was sexist, and I really didn't like it. Well... Uh, I've been reading a linguistic book about mm-hmm. it's a lot about how women speak mm-hmm. um, and people use that like linguistically, like people use codes and things when they're writing. They could do this subconsciously mm-hmm. and I right. have to really wonder because we were talking about this with John Bly. Mm-hmm. Pete has an interesting way of speaking mm-hmm. and they definitely use different ways of speaking in this mm-hmm. and I don't know I was just trying to not that she has any lines that aren't it's she doesn't really serve any purpose whatsoever in this other than she does save Lord Bowler so I hope she, that she dates Lord Bowler like if the she's purpose gonna she serves is being she's malle- an malleable and manipulated no she's like enough to get Jack out of prison yeah, and that's silly. Yeah. Why couldn't he just break out of prison himself? Because then you don't have a reason to have Socrates go after her. Like, I feel like this was meant to show additional, like, depth to who Socrates okay, is. Okay, what other... <sighs> but it's, again, but weak. We, we don't they... get... We don't really get that because... He's trying. He's not... Because... Good at it, but he's trying. He doesn't well, yeah. seem like the person who would make the heroic yeah, effort. Yeah, he doesn't make any efforts. He makes a heroic effort. It's badly executed. And that makes sense for his character. I don't disagree with that. But... He wanted the hair salons open earlier. <laughs> I get it. What? What? 
<laughs> okay, maybe. Maybe he would have, yes. But what I'm saying is, like, primarily, and this is the answer for, going to be the answer for a lot of episodes of this show, okay. because they intended the show to go for a while. Yeah, yeah. Telephone story. Like, why like, have these characters? I'm sorry. You, I, I, don't you learn this in writing school? Okay, the, yeah. I, I gotta say, is writing a script just bad writing? Because I don't get it. No, is it, it people that I'm? No, people are gonna yell at me. I'm just gonna keep going. Let me go. <laughs> okay. So when you write a script, you have to, um, someone else tells you to remove all the good parts. <laughs> They're like, this will be this be good for the ratings. Make it more sexist and whatever. And and then they're like, yeah, this will sell on the TV. And then that's it. But it's not engaging writing. That's not. Okay. So in terms of the story, here's an important thing with a lot of shows like this. And then, yeah, you had to do twenty four episodes on a show that you expected. They expected this to be the big hit. They thought this was their new next big thing. They wanted the story to last the way the like alien the stuff in the X Files lasted, right? Like they wanted it to go for years. So a lot of the episodes are just like a an, one. The alien one, stuff one was adventure. the most boring part of the X Files. Right. They don't. It's not a monster of the week. It's a it's a cowboy outlaw of the week. Of the week. Oh, it and is the outlaw, outlaw of the week. The week is Jack Randolph. This is the story about the Jack Randolph episode. Oh. But also, okay, why is the professor just always smiling and just goes along with everything? He never says no. He's like, yeah, I'll do this. No problem. I've never tested my suit. Oh, I'm also just laying in my thing of water, just having a, just having a time, having my sensory tank time. Have you, can, uh, I want you to take a moment. I want to. I want to propose something. I want you to take a moment. I want you to imagine this actor, John Aston. Imagine him looking upset and purely upset. Not even a little hint of a smirk. Can you do it? That's his face. He's always got a little bit of a smirk. He does. And so that's his character because that's who he is. He's happy-go-lucky. He's happy-go-lucky. He doesn't, he doesn't, I've never, I don't think I've ever seen this actor look not a little bit amused by what's going on. Yeah. So he, that's, so you're gonna, you get him to play a guy who's happy-go-lucky, who goes along, goes with the flow. Like, it's it's weird to say Gomez Adams is happy go lucky, but like he's happy in even the darkest thing about even the darkest things. You can't make him upset because he's because the things that make people upset are are fun to a Gomez Adams. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's why he's like that. He's having fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's not okay. with enough to be upset. All right, I don't. That's gonna be like a ten-minute episode. I know I don't have anything else. Okay. I, have, I have a few things. Okay, but do, let's. Do you have something? I don't. Understand. I don't understand why Briscoe 
and Bowler are fighting again. Why Briscoe would send him to the B place. I don't think that's funny. I don't know why it has to be like a cartoon. And then Lord Bowler goes there and also Pete's elaborate way of like tying Briscoe and the sister together and it's like this leather is going to dry up in the Okay, I actually like this. This is a, I okay. do like this. Okay. Because like the thing with Pete and a lot of this show is so okay, to to yeah, you you started explaining it, but it's like this elaborate trap where basically they've tied up Iphigenia and, and uh and Briscoe around a tree with like like a thing, like a leather core rawhide. Yeah, yeah. And then string it along and around, like, uh, like really tight, and then around a a, a a log, and then hook it onto the trigger of a rifle that's pointed at them. And then he pours water on along the rawhide, and he even says, "I saw this on one of those Wild West shows." Mm-hmm. Um, was it on rawhide? <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> and aside. Yes. The show Rawhide. I don't know where you're gonna put this. Um, I feel like they yelled like Rawhide, but like the Yahoo thing, and it was like Rawhide. Whoop, <laughs> whoop uh, sound, and yeah. I don't know if that's true. Well, it wasn't like a, a yodel. It was like Rawhide. Rawhide. Oh, okay. It was like rhythmic. Yeah. Okay. Marky Mark and the Wild Bunch. Is that the name of the show? Okay. No, it was, um, Buffalo Bill's Wild West uh, was one of the, was a really well-known one. But yeah, it was like these, like, sort of vaudeville style, like, Wild West shows. Like, Annie Oakley was in it, uh, was in one, and uh, it might be that one. Uh, like, they're, they're you know, people doing, like, trick shots and, and, and you know stage productions of of you know wild west scenarios and things and so the idea of it like he pours water on this rawhide and then it's supposed to like when it dries in the sun it'll it'll tighten because it'll like shrink right in the sun and that will Pete explained it all very well i know you're explaining for the listeners yes so it'll like squeeze them really tight and then eventually squeeze enough that it'll pull the trigger and shoot but wouldn't the trigger just be pulled if they move it's because of the way it's tied up it would squeeze them first and then tighten and then pull on the trigger this seems like a wily coyote yeah so that's what i was getting at is that this uh you know in the first episode they were like you know they they painted the rock Mm -hmm. uh uh, Lord Bowler and Briscoe are tied together on the railroad track mm-hmm. and need Comet to rescue them. The rocket thing. Like, this show is a cartoon. The show is a cartoon. Yeah. Like, it's a it's a vaudeville act. of a It, it is a vaudeville act, essentially. Like, this sort of, like, over-the-top comedy western uh-huh. where it's not realistic. And we just have to accept that it's not realistic. I accept that it's not realistic. Right. So I'm saying, like, the the reason a lot of it is I just don't I just I do not care 
if Frisco County gets shot, <laughs> mm-hmm. I and I want to care. Yeah, and I know I do care because I know you're supposed to. Right. But I also know they're definitely going to get out of the mm-hmm. out of the trap. Mm-hmm. But I do. All I wanted to say was Lord Bowler somehow finding them with his Briscoe detector, mm-hmm. going over there and saying, "I see you. See ya. <laughs> I'm not going to help out." Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah. I feel like this. I don't like that. I don't like when people become buddies and then the the whole thing is that they always have to have this conflict between them because they think that having this weird rivalry is I don't know. Is this what men do? Is this like all your friends are actually just one upping each other and like sending them to get bees? (laughs) I mean, in this case, I think there is like. Well, one, I think part of that may come from the fact that this is supposed to be the second episode. You know, I just realized how that could have been saved mm-hmm. is he goes to a place with the bees, but then he has a bunch of like honey, like mm-hmm. jars of honey that he's going to go sell or something. And that would have been a funnier joke to me. Right. If that ended up being helpful in the end, yes, that would have been a better episode. If like the fact that he went there. Yeah. Like, and then. It didn't matter. He didn't have to say them, but there's at least a funny thing right. because, like, when Socrates does all these things of like not making it, to what end? There is one positive to to that because, yeah, the Lord Bowler thing never matters. Like the fact that he gets sent off to that thing—that's just an added comedy question mark. <laughs> with nothing we should it. rename our podcast comedy question mark we could we could rename we could add that as our bio for everything we do uh <laughs> like podcast genre comedy question mark isn't offered as one that i could choose but yeah I yeah it is it is um, what this is though uh the one the one positive from Socrates his like sort of failure to catch up with them Mm -hmm. is while they're all tied up Pete steals Comet Mm -hmm. Comet oh yeah steals the newspaper from Jack and finds Socrates on the road yeah because Jack has the paper to say Hey, look at this cool diving suit. This is right. how we're going to get the other plate right. in the water. And Comet hears and understands this, grabs the paper, and then goes to Briscoe. Mm-hmm. And yes, I do like that. Yeah. But that's and because I love stays- me an animal antic. <laughs> and finds Socrates on the road. She only f- and brings him oh there. yeah 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 which he only does which he's only able to do because that's where Socrates ends up because he's not on his wagon because he's not like Socrates probably never would have found them no if Comet if his ho- wagon hadn't fallen apart and if he hadn't happened to be and on the his road, burrow like, fell apart right. and his back back fell apart yeah. oh because too much weight. Also, he must have lost so many items. 
Yeah. Do you think he still has a golden orb with him that he was hiding behind his back? I don't know. I still don't know what that was. We're going to find out or never find out. I'll probably never find out. Also, I, oh, one thing that I thought was kind of weird, when we first see Pete, before we even first see Pete, and Briscoe's like going into the cave where he thinks Jack is hiding, mm-hmm. I was like, before he even got up there, I was like, this is obviously a trap. And the reason it's obviously a trap is I have never seen clearer footprints in my life. There are perfectly placed, like, shoe prints. Like, like this is not how people walk. This is how you place a shoe to look like footprints while hiding your actual footprints. This looks like somebody set a shoe down, then picked it up, and then set it down again. I didn't see this at all. Yeah, it's very clear, like, like a stencil. So what were the footprints supposed to be? Jack. He thinks he's tracking Jack. But I'm like, this is not, but he not gets, real. He gets Pete, which is even better. He gets ambushed. He, because Pete's got his back to him, and then Jack comes up behind him. Because... That was the plan. They knew Briscoe was coming behind him. I think that Briscoe is smart enough not to get trapped here. Right. That's so what I'm saying. So this is where he gets tied up to the tree, right? Yeah. After this. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Like, it's just the, Dave, it's just the side mission. It always goes the same way. I know it doesn't really make sense for the character. Because in the episode, they literally call out how good of a tracker Briscoe is because Jack ends up abandoning I'm going to stop saying her full name. I'm going to call her Iffy because that's what everybody calls her. And it's just a, my, my mouth doesn't want to make that whole name anyway. So partway to the hideout, Jack ends up abandoning, abandoning Iffy. And the reason that he gives for doing that is he says, we're being followed. He doesn't abandon her. He like pushes her off the horse. Well, yes. And He's then, mean. He's mean, yeah. bad man. Yeah abandoning somebody is a mean thing to do. He does just he does push her And off also the horse. so does Briscoe County. He does a thing like if you don't behave I'm going to leave the parking. I'm going to leave you in the parking lot forever. And then he does the circle over. I did not like this. No, I didn't like this. Don't do that. Don't no. Okay, this is a person that was kidnapped. So, okay. Kind of. I'm going to I'm going to propose a thing. I'm still not saying it's okay. Okay. What it almost feels like might have been happening. She is having a very difficult time getting onto Briscoe's horse. He rides off and circles around and is able to grab her with momentum and bring her on. He the horse. also forces a kiss on her. Yeah. Which he does knowing she's going to pull back. He's trying to get her to pull back. She doesn't pull back by kissing her she pulls back and that's what results in the I ride. don't care I'm not this is oh, such a yeah. Star Wars moment that's like no. is okay is Briscoe County Han Solo <laughs> a little bit yes which is not a good thing uh I'm not saying this is okay I am saying the one thing he they're both going to die if she doesn't pull back and the one way he knows she will is if he kisses her and she's going to be like, ah, Ew. pulls back. But we know that she just loves kissing and men and just lo- loves yeah. it. Again, I don't love this. I don't love this. I don't. 
I'm I'm saying it's like there's there's moments where I'm like I get what they were doing and they did it bad. Like I get it but I I hate it. Um but there was something I was saying before. Oh, when Jack pushes her off the horse, the reason he does that is he was like we're being followed. And I know that it's Briscoe because I can't see him. Because he's that good of a tracker that the fact that he can't see that he's he being can't followed. can't see Briscoe most of the time. So does that mean he's always being followed? What does that mean? What that means is he can tell he's being followed, but he can't How? see the person who's following him. How? So it has to be someone who's really How? good. I don't know. It's not explained. But... If we accept that he, that that's true, if we accept that Briscoe is good enough for him to say that, then he shouldn't have followed fallen for this weird fake footprints that were a trap. Because he's too good of a track. If he's that good of a tracker, he wouldn't have fallen for that. It's a weird like this whole thing. The whole script is okay. The weird. more that we talk about it. The more <laughs> like I was trying to talk about parts that I, I liked, I, and the I more know. we talk about it, I'm like. No, that just doesn't make any sense. I I still, I know why he says that line, and I know it's supposed to be funny Mm -hmm. about not being able to see him. Yeah. But I do not understand it. And I know. I I feel like we were at a time in comedy where people just laughed at anything. Because you Uh, knew that you were supposed to laugh because there was a soundtrack. Well, okay. I le- I'm going to say I legitimately liked the first, that line. I legitimately liked that line. But then the later bit doesn't make any sense because of that line. He's either such a good tracker that you know he's coming because you can't tell that he's coming. Okay. I have a theory mm-hmm. about Briscoe County. Okay. Briscoe County has ADHD. <laughs> okay. And is thus hyper-focused on what he has to do. Mm-hmm. And is very good at certain things, but then just drops the ball when, when you really need him to be uh, on it. That's fair. All right. You got it. You did it. Okay. I found some things that I actually did like. Okay. Let's hear them. So first of all, I did like when when they're, you know, they've got, Jack in the suit, in the, in the like dive suit, the inner space suit, as mm-hmm. they uh, and he's like, but this has never been tested other than in like a trough of water, mm-hmm. and uh, and Pete's like trying to ask the professor like, is he gonna like, is this gonna work? Is this gonna be okay? And the professor's like, no idea. I've never tested it this far down. And Jack the, the has no reaction, right? Because he can't hear. Oh, um, right. And so he's like, "What's he's like? What's he saying?" And Pete just gives him a big thumbs up. He's like, "He thinks you're gonna drown." Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That part. Okay, so you did like Pete parts. The I, Pete yeah. part here is good. Yeah. Pete is the comic relief. Pete. Pete is the best part of this episode, and this is the worst Pete we've seen. I know. Like Pete is good in this episode and definitely yeah. agree with this is the least funny yeah. Pete has been, but still has really good Pete 
lines yes. and yes. Oh. St- still peating it up really good. Still peating it up really good. Another good line. Um, there's a part where uh, Lord Bowler is trying to sneak to the raft behind like a floating log. Oh, I love this. But I Lord- love Lord Bowler is a really good part of this. And yes. that's why I'm upset that he has to go deal with bees. <laughs> yes. Because he's floating along on, you know, holding onto this log, hiding behind it. But he's still got his bowler hat on. Mm-hmm. And Pete can see the hat sticking up. And I like when he's like, you got some well-dressed flotsam in this neck of the woods. <laughs> Start shooting at Lord Bowler's hat. Like, I was like, I really like the the, the phrase well-dressed flotsam. Like, I always thought that word was floatsam. <laughs> yeah. Nope. It's flotsam. I also, in this scene, there's, okay, so a lot of elements of this scene specifically that I like. Mm-hmm. I like when, if he expects Briscoe to go out there and, like, like try and stop Jack. And, mm-hmm. and Briscoe's like... You want me to go down there, have this big fight while I'm struggling for air, and he's in this nice oxygen-rich environment, and, you know, this big struggle down there? Like, no, I'll just wait for him to come up with the with the plate. That's, like, that's a terrible idea. Yeah. And she's like, well, that's anticlimactic. Like, I was like, this is funny because... Oh, yeah, that was funny. Because, especially because it reminds me of, like, when in the pilot, which we didn't really talk much about, but it was when, like, the stagecoach is running away, and he's like, well, I could climb up onto the thing, leap between the horses, climb out to the lead horse, and try and pull it down. Or we could just jump out. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, okay, I like that, because it's like, that's absolutely what you expect from this episode. But that's not what's going to happen. It's like in the scary movie where it's just like, don't go in the basement, don't go in the yeah. basement. And then they're like, maybe I shouldn't go in the basement. Right. But then I also like that he still ends up doing the exact thing. Yes. But not because he... He knows it's dumb. He knows he shouldn't do it. He gets pulled down. Mm-hmm. And then you go, okay, I accept him getting pulled down because that's not him just b- being dumb and thinking, let me go fight a guy. I was very upset that he um, busted up the suit, though. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah. But he, he broke the glass. That's expensive. Well, yeah, yeah. They act like money ain't no thing. Look, the professor can go and make, get a new rocket and charge five cents a ride, and he'll be able to build rebuild that suit in, like, only a couple of years. He'll have enough to get a new pane of glass for that suit. I still don't understand the economics on this show, but still. Guns are butter, baby! <laughs> Guns are butter. It's true. <laughs> Guns are hotter. <laughs> It's usually guns and hunter. Yeah, that's true. The one thing that's sort of weird in this scene is that, uh, uh, like, when Wickwire, like, because, like, when, when Pete's shooting at Lord Bowler and Professor Wickwire hits the gun out of his, hits Briscoe's gun out of his hand, because that's what he's shooting with first. Mm-hmm. Briscoe's gun out of his hand uh, with an oar, and he's like, I'd kill you right now if I didn't need you to run the pumps. And then they... He just starts fighting him. And I'm like, he's not running the pumps. No, I thought he said, I didn't need you to run the pumps. If I didn't need you to run the pumps, I'd shoot you right now. Is what oh. He but then ends up just fighting him. And I'm like, he's not running the pumps right now. Nobody's running the pumps. That guy's drowning down there because you aren't running the pumps. Whatever. Well, he be, but he isn't. Until the, and this is, and this is why Boy Meets World never gets made. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
There never was a Ben Savage or Topanga. Topanga is not related to that family at all, at all really. <laughs> right. Maybe in the later years. Do they get married? I feel yes. like it was always yes. said. They get married. Also, do you think it's messed up? Okay, how many people meet somebody in high school and then stay with that person? I guess at that time that was really romanticized. Yeah. And now it's just, there's nothing wrong with that. I just think that people don't, that's not the norm. Mm -hmm. And that was really romanticized in that show. Anyways, go on. (laughs) Also in that same scene, I like that there was a, there was a part where just before all the action was happening and all that, where, you know, when it was just Jack down there looking for the plates and then a huge bubble of water comes up, bubble of air comes up. Mm-hmm. And Pete's just like, he's still alive down there. Presser's just like, who knows? <laughs> oh yeah. Um, because yeah, they they're not gonna know till they pull him up. But and uh, oh yeah, and the last thing we didn't really talk about was that like, at the end, if he's sort of just waiting to get arrested because she helped the guy break out. Oh, prison, iffy. She, yeah. Yeah. She's like, I broke the law. I helped him break out. I'm the reason. Yeah, they're back at Socrates' office. And yeah, she is ready to turn herself in. Yeah. And then the U.S. attorney person comes in. Does it feel like it's zoomed into his face a lot? Like, it's like, (laughs) I'm a a really big, tall, important person. Hi, nice to meet you. It reminded me of some other scene that I can't think of. I feel like it was mimicking a kind of film thing mm-hmm. that I don't know what it is. Yeah, it might have been. But that whole like, uh-oh, things are gonna bad are gonna happen. But then it's just like, oh, you're a hero. Thanks for helping. Well, so I do think it's absolutely meant. I, th- I think it's like kind of a, a very close like cropped shot where because like there's a three guys that walk in together with one mm-hmm. guy pretty close to camera mm-hmm. and i think it's meant to feel aggressive like they're coming oh to arrest like her. like things are serious yeah, yeah she's going to be arrested yeah so yeah i think it is like that way for that reason and then he like shakes her hand because she helped you know stop the you know the they learned from you know briscoe the the way that she heroically helped stop him, you know, stop this this person. Okay, realistically, do you think that this would ever happen? Do you think a man in this like stature would shake a woman's hand and like say thank you? Like, I mean, not as frequently, but like, I don't think I know they don't address the patriarchy on this show yeah they i and they really don't address it on most shows until like maybe now um yeah but having an awareness of these things culturally i'm like well they made some choices that they clearly made her a lawyer on purpose so mm-hmm. that's why it's disappointing that she's all like love struck yes so going to your thing about would he shake her hand? Yeah, would he shake her hand and congratulate right. her? So related to that, this show has tanks and an orb, and this is this is a weird non, a uh, weird timeline. Also, you know how I have no problem with comet. Uh huh. 
Like Comet can yeah. do whatever, <laughs> right. be in a bar, like go into the. I'm just like whatever. Yeah, no Comet problems at read. all. Yeah, Comet can read and understands human language perfectly. I mean, and, and plots and, and okay. All that. I'm just saying, after two years being inside with Gigi, Gigi and I communicate now. <laughs> we have a communication. Sure. Does she understand? Yeah. Like, is she gonna like go and pick me up a burrito at Seven Eleven? No. Like, I don't. Is she gonna bring me an important piece of paper that she recognizes? I no, might but she need might a... sit on it. <laughs> right. If you put it in the middle of the room or anywhere, just anywhere, she'll find it, sit on it, hide it for you, <laughs> so you don't have to think about it. Yeah, probably not because she knows that it matters. But because it is a new square on the floor. Yes. Don't so. put your important papers on the floor, Dave. For Gigi to sit on. Yeah, I do it all the time. Ha <laughs> 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 I think that's all I've got on this one. <laughs> no, I mean, it's just like... I do it. That's all I got. This, like... <laughs> what I mean is, like, a lot of this... There were a few moments in this episode I really did enjoy. There was a lot more that I really didn't. And a lot that's unremarkable. Like, I didn't spend the whole time upset. I just spent a lot of the time like, well, this is happening. Like, I just wasn't I don't think this episode's, like, upsetting exactly. It's just disappointing. It's just disappointing. Parts of it are upsetting. That's because the ratings are going to go down. The ratings (laughs) are going to go down. And now it's going to be, like... How's Moving Castle in the next episode? I mean, if you... I mean, okay. I guess it makes sense that the episode that was supposed to be second and got, like, had something made it at fifth, it clearly had to be reworked and, re- like, multiple times because if Pete's in this, but, What like, happened if the reason we- had to be re- reworked is that they thought the lawyer was, like, too... They're like, no, no one's going to buy the lawyers being so competent. Make her dumb. Make her dumb and in love with all the men. That's what women r- really like. My okay. ex-wife, Hold just on. the other day. I actually, I just thought of a reason why that might have actually happened. So yeah. this is supposed to be episode two. Mm-hmm. Episode one had Amanda Wickwire? Is it Amanda? Professor Workwire's daughter. Episode one had Professor Workwire's daughter. Yeah. Yeah. As the, you know, smart, confident woman who was going to be like a, a romantic interest for. Oh my girl. God. And people and, did not like her, well, right? No, it's, no, it's Dixie ended up kind of becoming more. I of wonder that why. Well, because Dixie Cousins is the sexy one and the other person's just like works on a farm. Okay, but what I mean is, like, I could see them, while they were trying to figure out what to do with the, you know, I'm going to say Amanda, I think it's her, Amanda Wickwire character, uh, and then having, like, having a very, like, I feel like the, uh, you know, if he would have been a similar personality if you made her the not what she is in this episode no she could have been a lawyer and done lawyering she doesn't do anything what i'm saying 
I'm saying I Well, can... she does save Laura Bowler, which I'm right. thankful for. Thank you. Thank you for that. I'm saying I could see them every character in this show they're trying to make more distinctive and they hadn't figured out yet what was one what was happening with Amanda and so while they're probably still figuring that out it's hard to figure that out and make this other person more distinctive in the next episode and I'm just I feel like there may have been some of that because of the way when I'm imagining how mid-90s writers rooms probably okay so i want to talk about something i think there is some show called the shield yes and apparently someone was maybe someone else that's in the writer's room or somebody ahead ahead of that Mm -hmm. would there were women in that writer's room and like men apparently the women would often have be talking and have and then be cut off by the men in the writer's room. Mm-hmm. And this person saw this so many times that they um, made like changes to how the writer's room could work mm-hmm. so that women could get their ideas out. Mm-hmm. Um, and apparently that worked really well and everything. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting. Mm-hmm. And I have to wonder, are there women writers for the show? Right, and uh, um, I'm say, I haven't seen any episodes credited to women yet, but we, we're in episode five, but it's created by two men, and it's we've seen only men that are writers so far. I just want, I just love the, I understand that it's challenging that you're trying to, like, uh, find this, like, fine line of, like, oh, let's have... sexy ladies but also have them powerful like dixie Mm -hmm. cousins sort of hat like is better at Mm -hmm. that at least and i mean women don't have to be women don't have to be sexy at all right the reason women are sexy is to sell television and it's too much. This yeah. is too, this is not like uh like gender studies class. Uh-huh. So I'm not gonna dive into it. Mm-hmm. But once you have your eyes open to gender disparity, mm-hmm. like d- gender differences yeah, and yeah. gender like an awareness of how unconsciously people just everyone just keeps doing the same thing because that's the way it always was. Mm-hmm. It's hard not to look at this and think, is that what was going on here? Yeah. If they meant to do that or not. Right. Because they don't, no one was thinking about these repercussions. They weren't thinking, well, a young woman watching the show is seeing this lawyer and that can be empowering to them mm-hmm. as they too wanted to be a Wild West lawyer. Right. Mm-hmm. I- I'm just, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I'm absolutely with you. And I, and I want to be clear that everything that I was saying before about them trying to rework the character was meant to be a criticism, if it's correct. In that, like, I'd, I'm not agreeing with it, but I'm saying I could see a show at this time that was still, especially going into episode two, uh-huh. which had the professor in it mm-hmm. and not his daughter mm-hmm. being like, 
yeah, we're still trying to figure out what we were doing with that character. Now we're introducing this new one. She's, we're not sure what we want to do with her. I just want. And just, so just, I don't know, let's let's keep working it. Let's keep working it to fix this thing. And they landed on a mistake. Yeah. And and Because we just want the Briscoe Lord Bowler romance, and <laughs> right. we're never going to get it. Right. We want the at least the bromance to be there, yes. right? We want we want right. it to be a buddy cop movie. Yes. That we're not we're not getting that, but it's good when we have that. Yes. I really enjoy that. Okay. I forgot I was going to say earlier this episode also that part of this episode makes more sense as episode 2. Cuz episode 2 is when they get more buddy buddy together. The orb scholar is when they start working together. So mm-hmm. if they were enemies still in mm-hmm. episode two, mm-hmm. this one, mm-hmm. then start to respect each other in episode three, that order makes sense for that part of the plot. Yes. Because then we don't have this thing where it's like, they were getting along. Like they were, you know, it's more jokey rival than yeah. No, it's enemies. jokey. I know this but is a I'm thing. This episode is not that. But I also think everything in this episode is a hundred percent played for laughs. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be funny that she's fallen for Jack and is being like, mm-hmm. you know, like oh, mm-hmm. how could I've known? Mm-hmm. But like I said, I wrote that right away because it's very obvious that yeah. he's the real one because he's acting all. He's acting a little sus. Yeah. I wanted this episode to be... I knew... Yeah. So I also knew from the beginning that Jack was the bad guy. Mm -hmm. But like... I also wanted him not to be the bad guy because I thought that could have been interesting. I thought like, oh, are they actually going to find the bad guy Mm -hmm. and getting into this? It's like forensic files. Right. We're going to find the real perp. Yeah. The unsub. (laughs) Yeah. Like... That was actually the episode that I wanted it to be. At the very beginning, it was like, oh, this is going to rule. She's going to show up and be like, no, this isn't the guy. You are too in your own head because you, this is one. Jack Randolph's one of the guys that shot your dad. You know, you're you're not being objective uh, and I'm going to prove it. Mm-hmm. And then she would and they would find the real Jack Randolph. And they this oh, we didn't guy, really talk about that. Yeah, we didn't really because it, it's like oh, I forgot that Jack Randolph had was Jack Randolph part of John Bly's game. So this actor, I don't believe, was in the train. I but... mean, John Bly's gang is very big, so right. the fact that people could that... be in it. I, I think not... the idea is that Jack Randolph is one of the people who was in the train. Okay, this actor. I don't believe was he in the was, train. He was meeting the world. <laughs> right. The boy. Yeah. Right. Um, but yes, Jack Randolph is one of the people that shot Briscoe County Sr. Mm-hmm. I wanted the episode to be that this was the wrong Jack Randolph. That we would eventually find that Briscoe, Briscoe would have a change of heart. He would figure out that, you know what? I did make a mistake. He would find some clue, find the real Jack Randolph mm-hmm. with the help of Socrates' sister. Mm-hmm. And there would be like this dramatic courtroom reveal where she proves this thing and, you know, 
Yay, Socrates' sister saves the day. Mm-hmm. That's the episode I thought we were in for. And that would have been a way better episode. Uh... We're really good at coming up with the episodes that we would like to see. <laughs> but we also have the knowledge of so much TV that right. we've seen. That's... We have future knowledge. Right. At this time, in all honesty, when did this come out? Ni- 19... Man, th- we just described a per- I just described a Perry Mason episode. This is not innovative. Like, that was not an innovative idea. Like, that's... Like... They rebooted Perry Mason! I know. But I'm saying, like, that's not... That is not a drastic idea at this time. Jack Randolph and the fat man. <laughs> I don't know. What was that show about? I don't know. What was that show? Why was there a show called Jack and the Fat Man? Jake? Jake, Jake and the Fat Man. I still like What? Still. Still. Yeah, no, it's weird. Anyway, I feel like we've said all we need to say on this episode. We're no, just 45 we, more minutes of just, could. like, us busting on this app. We definitely could. We don't need to, though. No, we don't need... I don't want to bust on it. No, I didn't... When we started this podcast, we did we're supposed bust. to be... We were supposed to try to be as positive as Okay, possible. we're going to be positive in the next you know episode. I think, I think we got so negative on this one because it stands out. Because... So far, the show... Are we being negative or critical? And... Critical. That's what, I guess that's more. We're being critical because this is, out of the five episodes that we've watched, this stands out in the way that, ways that it's bad. Yeah. And so, if, the, if, every ep- if we were five episodes in and every episode was like this one, we would be announcing that we're changing shows. We'd be like, it turns out Dave made a mistake. This show isn't good, uh, and we shouldn't keep Well, how much it. of this show did you watch when it was on air? Total? We may have met the, the total amount. I may have only seen, like, five episodes. Do you remember this? No, not this one. Okay. Like, I distinctly remember John Bly and the Orb. Those are two things that I remember from the show. I remember Lord Bowler. Mm-hmm. Those are all memorable things That's, to me. Th- those are the most memorable things. Right. I don't remember Pete from well, when I was a kid. I understand. Yeah, you had to be older to really appreciate the, the fine true. wine that is Pete. Agreed. John Bly is a memorable character to me. John Bly is a character that, like, when I see that actor, I think I've said this before, but when I saw that actor and other things since this show aired, I think of him as John Bly. And I've only maybe seen five total episodes of The Adventures of Briscoe County Jr. before this podcast. Wow. And John Bly is only in, like, three of these episodes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how many, but, like, we've only seen him. We've done five. He's only been in two. Three. He was in the pilot. He was in the Okay, the pilot's kind of two episodes. Right, but I'm not counting it as two. <sighs> okay, so, so two episodes. He's in two episodes out of five that we've watched so far. I don't know how many he's in, but when I see this actor, I think of him as John Bly. Interesting. Um, when I see this actor, I just do a shrug. <laughs> I don't know what this is at all. I, it's, to be fair, that's like most actors, unless you're the dad in Boy Meets World, in which case I'm like, he's a dad. He's and so, that's all I know. He's also really good in The Untouchables. Who? 
the actor that plays John Bly. Oh, okay. He's a he's a hitman in the Untouchables, and he's really good and I extremely thought you meant the creepy. Dad. No, he's extremely creepy in that. Well, uh, he's also extremely creepy in a different John way. Bly. <laughs> in a very di- in a different way, but like it's very good. Anyway, John Bly isn't even in this episode. We don't need to talk about him anymore. Uh, All right, or about. <laughs> Is there anything that you want to say as an outro? Or, or... I said or about. All right. Uh, in that case, until next time, I'll be waiting for you, Brisk. A Different Direction is a TGIFRK production. You can contact the podcast at DiffDirectionPod on Twitter or email us at differentdirection at TGIFRK.com. You can also find information about everything that TGIFRK produces by following us at TGIFRK on Twitter. Thanks for listening. I feel like you have to, like, snap the can. <laughs> like, I want a brisk iced tea, like, every time. Yeah. I drink a lot of brisk iced tea. Yeah. Or about.